Welcome to my cousin Timmy's podcast. On today's show, Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everyone. It's another exciting episode of the podcast, My Cousin Timmy. I'm your host, Cousin Troy. On the other side of the microphone, we have the man who celebrates Greek Independence Day every day, my cousin Timmy. Timmy, how are you? I'm great. Rocking my blue and white today is March 25th, Greek Independence Day. Shout out to all my G's out there. That's right. That's right. Thank you for, uh, yes, we're recording this on a Monday evening on Greek Independence Day. Uh, What a day for everything that's blue and white. Um, Just to let everyone know out there, uh, this is episode six. Is this the sixth one? Did we make it to six? My God, we're almost still ten. The second hand. That's right. Exactly. So uh, episode six, glad that you're with us. Um, If you're here to if if uh, you're not interested in fantasy baseball, you might you might not be so interested. But if you're interested in Timmy um, bashing and making fun of anything that I say, uh, this is definitely the episode for you. That's right. I'm going to bash everything you say, especially that gibberish you just ran through. That's right. It's never planned. It's always spontaneous. Welcome to my cousin Timmy. Timmy, we... Uh, we, we want to, you know, uh, talk about the fantasy drafts. We just had two big ones over the past week uh, that we're both in, um, and we kind of talked about one of them last week, so I figured we'd start with that one, which is the Statue of Liberty Fantasy Baseball League. So why don't we go over that, talk about the draft, talk about what happened during the draft, how we feel about our teams, um, and answer a couple of uh, projection questions at the end. All right? That sounds good. We had our uh, – this was f- – completed my fifth and final draft yesterday afternoon. I'm ready to go for the season. I'm not doing any more drafting. I've looked at enough stats, and I'm just ready to watch them update live every night. So, so let's get to it. Yeah. One thing that people don't understand about fantasy baseball is that you really get obsessed with the drafting part of it. Like it's the it's the research and everything that goes into it. And then you, you draft it. It's exciting. It's you know, it's chaos in a short amount of time. But <laughs> the thing that we always forget about and I certainly do and don't realize till after the fact is you have to manage most of these teams, by the way, you have to manage them sometimes daily, most of them weekly. And honestly, it can be overwhelming with time. So just as a, as a quick note about that. So with that, um, I just thought that was funny. Saw, saw a lot of that on Twitter today from a lot of other people that uh, participate in a ton of drafts. Um, so Statue of Liberty League. We got a this is a league that I think we talked about last week that has been going on for what is it over 10 years? Has to be over 10 years. I've since they named it, uh, yeah, I think they named it Statue of Liberty in like two thousand and so eight or nine, maybe. Yeah, it, maybe even a little earlier. I think I, I may have been around uh, for that first year uh, or second year there. But anyways, it's a shallow league. It's a ten-team league with just folks from you know just uh, family and friends. And I guess what I'd say is that it, uh, like I said, it's shallow. It's one catcher. It's first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, third base, only three outfielder, and then one utility. And then kind of the standard, if I'm not mistaken, I think nine pitchers that you have. But it's a little unique on the bench spots as well, um, as we only are allowed one starting pitching bench slot and one relief pitching bench slot. Yes, so I'm looking at it here. The league Statue of Liberty started in 2008. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different champions. Well, in uh, in ten years, there you go. Uh, you got one of those championships right. now, don't you, Timmy? I have one, right. and you have one. And uh, cousin Steve, <coughs> cousin Steve has three. Who yes, leads, he leads the league. Uh, not not to get technical on you, but uh, cousin Troy does have two championships. Uh, one was very early on. Well, oh, yes, you, I do. You do have two. You're right. That's right. Let's just make sure we count the trophies, my friend. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, last year uh, I won my second championship, 
and uh, Tim will remind everyone or will remind me that he was in last place at some point in the league. I don't remember because I was too busy looking forward. Um, anyways, uh, but he did finish in third place, which was a, a courageous move considering that your draft uh, was a disaster due to injuries last year. Yes, my uh, first pick overall was Madison Bumgarner. And not the first pick overall in the draft. This is a one-player keeper league, keep in mind, people. Yeah, thank you. Yep. So we're really, the first pick is really the 11th pick. Everybody keeps one player. And Bumgarner was my first pick. And as everyone knows, he got hurt in a dirt bike accident and missed most of the season. And when he came back, he sucked. So that was brutal. (laughs) Uh, And then my second pick was George Springer. And he was hurt off and on for the season and did not turn out to be what I had hoped. But forget about last year. I'm ready to move on. I'm excited right. about my team. Uh, and so, let's get right into it. Yeah. So um, as Tim said, this is a one-player keeper league. Tim, you kept Jose Ramirez. I kept Mookie Betts, who you traded to me a couple of years ago. But you already had a scare. Real quick, you already had a scare uh, because Jose Ramirez got hit with a baseball and you were – just devastated that could be another uh, major injury to a a first round player for you but uh seems like he's escaped that and he will recover um but in going over the draft i guess let's go through um let's see here what 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 where was your mind at when you started this draft where did you want to go after first well i had done a ton of mock drafts and having jose ramirez as my cornerstone I was deciding between going pitching or going hitting, and I had the eighth pick. So I had two picks roughly close together, uh, and I couldn't decide. I uh, was surprised that – can you uh, stop shuffling your papers? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, it's a lot of paperwork here. I don't have a computer in front of me, people. So I, I'm using pencil and paper and candlelight to do this podcast. Jesus Go ahead. Christ. Uh, <laughs> yes. So typically the players in this league don't draft according to ADP <laughs> or the rankings that most sites use. <laughs> uh, no, they don't. It's so you, you don't really know what to expect going in and, I had no idea. All the mock drafts I did with the automatic picks from the computer, I was like, there's no way that's going to be realistic. Uh, but I was actually – the biggest surprise of this draft for me was that it actually was – this year was for the first time closer to a standard draft than I have seen ever in this league. Um, we've, seen it, we've seen in the past yeah. a closer go in the ninth pick overall. Um, and that's kind of what I expected. Uh, but I decided to go with my eighth pick. I couldn't decide between Degrom and Sale were both available. I wasn't expecting to pick them. I uh, didn't think they'd be available, but they were. And it kind of messed with my mind a little bit. So I ended up going Machado, and then picking uh, the next four players picked were all pitchers: Sale, Degrom, Carrasco, Verlander. Two of those went to Cousin Troy. And yes, I, yes, yes. I ended up with Aaron Nola. So I was happy with my first two picks. I uh, wasn't expecting to pick a shortstop, but I uh, you could, love couldn't Manny, pass though. up. I couldn't pass up Manny because I'm uh, maybe becoming You're... a San Diego fan pretty soon. So Ooh, I couldn't pass that foresha- it up. Check out that foreshadowing, uh, listeners. Um, but uh, also, yeah, I feel like your West Coast bias kind of played into that. You have taken Manny in a couple of leagues already this year. So I uh, wasn't too surprised with that pick. And I agree with you 100%. Um, my biggest surprise was DeGrom falling to me, as Tim mentioned, um, at pick 10. I went, I did jump a few other pitchers and um, went with Carlos Carrasco as my second pick uh, back-to-back. Um, I think, you know, what Timmy and I have learned through this uh, fantasy baseball draft is that you got to get your aces early, lock them up, and then focus on elite hitting in those middle rounds, and that's what what we both did. We had our rock solid hitters as keepers, and then backed them up with double aces 
um, there. Um, so actually, I'm sorry, you went with Machado and then you backed up with uh, with Anola. But I think you did go pitcher in your sec- uh, third pick, actually. So uh, yes, I went Cole. I got Garrett Cole with my third pick, and I went great with, pick with Puig and uh, with my fourth pick. One thing I want to point out here is that the first closer went Edwin Diaz was round four, uh, pick number five. So overall, that's what fifty fifth. Um, I wrote down. Let's see here, fifty inclu- fifth. If you include the keepers, yeah, forty fifth, forty fifth. Yep. Uh, so that's a li- actually a little bit later than I expected with what the guys we're playing with. It, I totally agree with you, but I will say right when Diaz went, I, about like two picks later, the closer run began, and uh, you know it kind of set off again. That's still the biggest surprise to me is that I, I understand this is a four relief pitch slot uh, league, so you really do have to you know you do have to you you are sort of a set with those RP slots. So you you I can understand wanting to get those elite RPs relief pitchers there, but. I'll be honest. Again, you can wait. I mean, just the amount of hitting that you can pick up in those rounds. Um, I definitely didn't grab my uh, my first reliever. I grabbed it. I think pick one ten. Um, and I think as Tim, uh, has, you've mentioned this to me before. You know, you could just scrounge. You could find saves later in the season. Only forty percent of relief pitchers, of closers, excuse me hold their jobs the entire year. It's it's a giant waste of a pick in my my opinion still. So Yeah, just to point out, last year the first closer I picked from my team was round nine. And I didn't pick another closer until round fifteen and sixteen. And I only started the year with three closers that actually were getting saves. Three actual closers. And they ended up winning the league in saves leading the league in saves and that was just from fab from picking up free agents so i think you get one guy that's going to guarantee you 30 saves just to kind of keep pace and then you just kind of manage it and pay attention and you'd be fine yeah i do remember that as uh last year um as a panic moment panic moment that i had last year uh was when all these closes went so early and i panicked I did lock up one uh, elite reliever or one elite closer, excuse me. But, of course, he turned out to be a, a giant asshole And uh, uh, as he was Ro- Roberto Osuna, and he just uh, uh, obviously allegedly beats women. So, um, so, anyways, so he was an asshole. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my biggest surprise this year was the closers going early, but I'll say one thing that surprised me, uh, Mr. Uh, Cousin Timmy, was your pick of catcher. In round 11, pick 108, you went with Yadier Molina. Shocked that you went that early with catchers. That was a surprise. Well, my thing was I was going to go for Real Muto if he fell to round four, but he actually went in round uh, round one, I believe. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He, uh, round two, he went. Um, and so when that happened, there's really only five catchers. Um, that are decent after Real Muto, and I told myself that I was gonna, I was gonna grab uh, one of those five before uh, they ran out. So it was either okay. Grandal, uh, Molina, um, or uh, Wilson Ramos, and I think the last one that I was considering was. Posey. Okay, uh, and he he did go right before your pick or two picks before, yeah. Yeah, so I I didn't want to miss out on one of the top five guys just because if you don't get one of them, I mean the chances of you having getting one that getting a catcher that's going to produce highly in more than one category is very limited. <laughs> I I I will say in this format, I tend to disagree with you. I think you can really wait till the very end, which is what I did with Robertson Chirinos uh, at pick 210 as my catcher. But um, I, 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 you know, understand your logic there. But I guess with a one catcher, 10, 10 team league, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with waiting till one of my last picks. Um, 
But let's talk about a panic moment here in uh, the SOL League. Um, I didn't really have, me personally, I didn't really have a, a, a panic moment, but I will say I did. I was a moment of flustered when uh, at the end of round three, I really wanted Anthony Rendon. I really think he's going to be huge this year. Um, and he was picked right before me. So it took me a few seconds because it's those moments, people, you don't understand. When you're in this draft and you only have 60 or 90 seconds when, when the clock is on you, you, and your player is picked right before or two turns before uh, you're ready to pick and you're so you got your mindset on them um, and then it just like poof they're gone they're sniped from you so it took me a few seconds to kind of collect myself and say okay he's not there what the hell am I going to do and I needed to pivot everything uh, my third base pick I had to pivot which then moved up my first and second base picks um, so that was really the only moment of panic I would say it really wasn't a, a huge moment uh, unlike uh, the other league we'll talk about later where I was panicking pretty much uh, every uh, pick. Did you have any panic moments during SOL? Uh, I did. It wasn't necessarily a panic. I was more of a shocked moment. Um, in all the mock drafts I did, I kind of overlooked the DH position. Um, okay. And it was my pick, uh, the fifth round, I was focusing on getting an outfielder, and I was going to go with Cody Bellinger. Mm. And Chris Davis was available, and I don't – I overlooked him in all my mock drafts. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh, what? Like, he's still available? I really like him because, you know, I live in the Bay Area. I see a lot of the Oakland games. I traded for him last season in SOL uh, yep. very early. Uh, Good trade. Good trade. And he, you know, when I traded for him, he was maybe a top 80 player. Um, And, you know, he ended up finishing, I think, in the top 30. Yes. Uh, And this, he went on a home run tear after I traded for him. Um, So I was like, oh, he's, you know, he's guaranteed. Unless he gets hurt, he's guaranteed, you know, 40 home runs. He's already hit one this season in Japan. Uh, And I was like, ah. So I kind of panicked and. I took him, and that moment messed up my mentality for the rest of the draft because mm. you have to. He's not eligible for outfield, so I had to put him at the utility spot. Right. Um, and in this league, it's left field, center field, right field. It's not just generic outfield. So you have to be very specific with your picks. That's true. Good point. And so I was gonna pick Cody Bellinger. I had him queued up. And he showed up, and I picked him, and I panicked. And so after that, uh, I kind of just didn't know what to do with my hitting staff. And I ended up not getting a left fielder until the very, very end. Um, My next two picks were Clevenger, who I had planned, that I was fine with. Um, But my next pick, I picked another starting pitcher, Marquez, who I'm really high on this year. Uh, But... I really wanted to get Eddie Rosario, and I, I should have picked him right there because Marquez would have been available for my next pick, uh, and I ended up just kind of missing out on left field. Um, ended up getting Ryan Braun at the very end of the draft, who may save me. Uh, I agree. But I'm not very high on him. So, And it, and it is pretty funny, I will say, that the two those two players that Tim's talking about, Cody Bellinger and Eddie Rosario, ended up on my team so we'll see if uh we'll see we'll see we'll see if what happens there if, if chris davis saved you again because unless uh cody bellinger and eddie rosario suck you know stink the bed here um we'll see what happens but uh it is funny that those two players you mentioned are both on my team so yeah. what uh so moving on what was your favorite pick yep. all right you got it my favorite pick um in this draft I, i'll be honest i i uh for myself I really like the hater pick that I made in round 11. Obviously, it looks better now after uh, – it looks better now because their closer, Milwaukee Brewers closer, Corey Kniebel, and setup man Jeremy Jeffries are both on the DL or, excuse me, injured list. And so it looks like he could pick up more saves, though, you know, again, they could sign Craig Krimble. Who knows? Um, but I like that pick, um, as my first, uh, uh, reliever off the board for me. And then my next pick, I really like Jonathan VR. He was pick one eleven. 
I actually think big things of him this year. I think he's going to hit definitely double-digit homers. I think he's in store between 35 and 45 stolen bases. Obviously, his average will be less desirable, but um, right now he's on my bench. I don't have a spot for him, um, but I do feel like he will be plugged in there at, at different moments of the uh, of the league. So I like those two picks. I will say real quick, on my end, uh, looking at your team, I actually really in, liked your round 13 pick of Victor Robles, pick 128. thought it was a great pick. Um, he's definitely went a lot later in this league, and um, I thought that was a good one on your end. But who are your favorite picks? Uh, my favorite pick on my team that I'm really high on is another Oakland guy, is Matt Chapman. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, Tell wanted, us. I wanted to pick him. I almost I almost picked him two, ra- two rounds earlier than I did uh, because I wanted to make sure I got my guy. You know, the big thing in fantasy baseball is not necessarily picking – the best projected player available. It's picking the guys that you want. Uh, it makes it yep. more, more fun to have guys that you like on your team. Uh, sure. And last year he he hit 24 home runs. He batted 278. He played almost the whole season. Uh, and he was only 24. So he's 25 now. And I think, you know, the projections have him – for 25 home runs, 75 RBIs. Nothing nothing more really than he what he did last year. Maybe slightly better, but I I think he's going to hit over 30 home runs. Um you know, depending on where he bats in the order with the RBIs, but he'll be at 280. I think the 30 plus home runs. I'm really excited about it, but <laughs> the funniest thing about it is in this league, I have Jose Ramirez at third base. And I pick Chris Davis, who I can only play at utility. So right. I currently have no spot for Matt Chapman. Um, and then my other pick that you just mentioned, Robles, I was really high on. I also have Lorenzo Cain at center field. So I can't play Robles right now either. Ugh. So I thought Cain <laughs> doesn't have any other outfield eligibility. He's just center field. No. I didn't check on that. No, he's just center field. I've in the Ooh. in the previous years, I've tried to target guys that have multiple position eligibility because right. it really helps in this particular league. Totally um, agree, especially the outfielders. But uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to try to trade Kane at some point and start Robles and either try to trade Chris Davis or I don't know. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll trade Jose Ramirez. He's he just got cleared. That says Terry Francona said today that he's probably going to be ready for opening day. Um, yep, yep. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I need to trade one of those guys to play the guys that I really like. Um, and I they, like the strat. I like the strategy of like maybe playing Kane uh, initially in your lineup. Victor Robles has got to at least start out the year batting. I think e- either eighth or ninth. So he's going to have you know. He'll have opportunities to steal, uh, but obviously batting lower in the lineup, not as many at bats. Um, So it is a situation where if he's really flourishing down there, they may move him up in that Nationals lineup, which would be amazing, uh, especially if Adam Eaton gets hurt. So he could really be batting leadoff in that lineup later on in the season. Uh, He's got the hit tools to do it. Um, So, you know, at that point, maybe trading Kane for some value then and then plugging in Robles as your starting center fielder. Yeah, I mean, for me... I think free agent pickups and making one one good trade throughout the year can really catapult a team that may be a fourth or fifth place team into the top two. Yeah. So, yeah, totally agree. So after this draft, how do you feel about your team? Where do you where do you think you're going to finish? Uh, you're 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 confident with your picks as as you're just mentioning with your favorite players. So uh, where do you think you're going to end up this yeah. year? Well, you're going to end up in the money. Well, of course, but let me be, let me be, let me just say the the last pick overall uh, oh, in, in the draft. I just wanted to mention this because I feel like it's irrelevant. <laughs> okay, um, it was Jung Ho Kang? Yes, I see that now. Yep, and I believe he did not re, re uh, he did not play all of last season. Correct? He did not. Go ahead. Right, he was suspended. Is that what it was? I think it was something to do with the suspension or an injury. I actually don't know, but uh, I think he, it was a he, suspension, PEDs or something. I, I wish I could look it up right now, but uh, go ahead, anyways. Anyways, he was the last pick overall. First pick overall in the draft was Trey Turner. 
Uh, my team, I had the eighth pick, Jose Ramirez. My prediction for my team is that I bring home another title. Woo! A lot of confidence there, people, as uh, Cousin Timmy thinks he will bring bring back a championship and claim his second title in the SOL Fantasy Baseball League. Uh, me personally, uh, I will definitely be finishing the mo- in the money. Uh, I am confident in that. Uh, I uh, study too damn hard to uh, not finish in the money. But anyways, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, and uh, even if I didn't draft the best team, I have confident in my abilities to manage it effectively. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest here. Just as a side note, I mean, some of these guys that are in this league – uh, I'll be honest. You can work around them. So, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, they're a bit, uh, of, a bit of a wild card sometimes, which is they, which, they, which makes it fun. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, all right. Well, that was the SOL, uh, the Statue of Liberty Fantasy Baseball League, the one that's been the longest running uh, that Tim and I have been involved with. Uh, longer for Timmy, he's definitely been in the league longer than I have. Um, so, anyways, our last draft that we did. Uh, was on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's called the show. This was a league that Tim had that uh, Timmy had told me about last year. I begged him to get me in there. You guys lost a player, lost excuse me, lost a manager of a team, and I took it over. So glad to be in a team with uh, I think better competition, more knowledgeable competition, um, a pretty extensive draft, minor league system. Um, it is still a 10-team league, uh, though it does have a bit of an expanded starting roster with um, four outfield positions, not specific, uh, utility, a corner, and a middle infielder, uh, one catcher as well, and um, happy to be on board with the new league called The Show. Tim, it's been it's been a few years, though, that you and your friends have been doing this league, correct? Yeah, I have been in this league, I think. Jeez, for maybe five years or so, Um, a little bit different. This is a head-to-head league. Thank you for clarifying. Forgot about that. Uh, We've had the categories change uh, multiple times over the past few years, Uh, and it's a few of my friends from college, and the rest are friends of the commissioner from – uh, work and I think some of his cousins. Uh, okay. But this league, I finished um, second overall. I lost the championship head-to-head by one run in the runs category, uh, which gave me the, I believe it was 7-6 to six loss, Oof. Uh, which was unbelievable. It was the, the closest and tightest championship I think you could ever have. Um, so I was a little frustrated, but I had a good run, uh, compared to where I finished the previous years. Uh, yep. and my team was, is solid. Uh, this is a seven, up to seven keepers. You could have three top, lot. top three guys. Yep. Uh, the rules are very specific on the rounds. You keep them and we can, I mean, we can get into really details. Uh, basically if you keep a guy, if he was drafted in the seventh round or earlier, he has to be a top three, uh, a free agent pickup can, you can be kept at round 14, a minor leaguer. If he is kept, can be kept at round 20 and anyone else that you keep, uh, can be kept at two rounds earlier than when they were drafted the previous year. Yeah. So it's it, a lot it, to take in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot it, it is a lot to take in as a new as a new member uh, of this league. It did take me a while to kind of nail everything down and you know uh, keep it in mind when you're developing your draft strategy uh, as well. Um, it also comes with an uh, um, a uh, five round minor league um, draft which you could also have minor league keepers there. So that's another thing that to, that um, you have to keep be mindful of. So um so yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to keep in mind. I will say, once I got into the draft, not to, I'm not jumping ahead too much, but it was a bit of a whirlwind that you need to do keep track of, especially with all those keepers. Yes, you definitely do. Um, excuse me, here as Tim berates me as I turn a piece of paper and make a lot of noise because I don't have a computer in front of me. Watch this, people. 
There we go. Nice loud paper noise. There we go. Yeah. The thing the thing I'll, thing about this yeah. the thing about this league that I like as opposed to SOL yeah. is that there's a lot of chatter, a lot of text chains and emails, a lot of trade offers. Um, yeah. a lot more than in SOL. Uh, the funny thing is this league is way more detailed, way more in depth. Uh, but the buy-in is only fifty dollars, whereas the SOL is how more high stakes is uh, has become three hundred dollars the past two years. It used to be one fifty, then it was two hundred, now it's three hundred. It almost was five hundred this season, but uh, unfortunately for me, they kept it at three hundred. Otherwise, I would have had a much bigger pot to look forward to. <laughs> uh. Oh, the confidence game is strong with this young Jedi. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh... <laughs> the uh, so let's let's just go through quickly uh, yeah. the categories that we're yes. playing with, uh, and then the, the format, and then we'll go through the draft. So we have uh, runs, homers, RBIs, stolen bases, average, OBP, and extra base hits for hitting. Okay, and for pitching, we have ERA, WHIP, uh, Ks. Strikeouts per walk ratio, uh, mm-hmm. strikeouts per nine innings ratio, quality starts, which I think is way better than wins. 100% agree. For pitching. And then saves plus holds, which makes this relief pitcher situation in this league way different than yeah. in SOL. Uh, and this year, the uh, commissioner has said that we are going to end the season much earlier. Uh, right, I forgot about that. Week twenty-two, the last day of the regular season, will be September eighth. Wow. Okay. So not taking advantage of a lot of those uh, September call-ups, uh, at least at least not for the regular season. Right. So we'll be we'll be done. I think as about three weeks earlier than normally. Yeah. So that's a lot of should be interesting. Should be interesting. I feel like a lot of. Uh, you know, you, you can definitely have uh, some um, better pitching prospects in September uh, that can come up and take advantage of a lot of lineups that have been depleted and that are out of contention that will no longer uh, you'll, you'll be able to utilize that strategy there. So um, interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Another big difference between this league and SOL. Uh, SOL is fab. I believe we have $100 for the season to spend uh, where the show is. There's no fab. Uh, the waiver process, the free agent pickups are just first come, first serve, and you get are limited to four of them per week. Yep. Yep. Uh, so it's it comes in handy a lot of times last season if I was down in a specific category in pitching. I'd add like three pitchers the day before the week would end to try to get, you know, two more – uh, wins or a couple more strikeouts. So there's a lot more strategy, I think, involved with with this particular head-to-head league. So with this uh, with this draft, what was um, what was I guess we should just get right into it. What was your yep. biggest surprise in the draft? Uh, <laughs> not well. Freddie Freeman going first was not my biggest surprise because I know the guy who was picking, and I just knew he was going to pick <laughs> him. Um, I personally would not have picked him if I had the first overall pick. Okay. Uh, but well, who would who would have you who would have you picked? Jeez, I don't even remember who was available. Garrett uh, Cole, probably a pitcher. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. That's uh, what I did with my pick. <laughs> but I mean, my keepers were were all are basically studs. So, I mean, I had Jose what? Ramirez and Mookie Betts. Uh, Look at you. So my hitting was was pretty. St- uh, stacked, but uh, I think my biggest, one of the biggest surprises for me was that uh, Clayton Kershaw didn't go until round eight. Um, mm. Even though he's hurt, the potential for him when he comes back, I mean, he's got the potential to be a top five pitcher as he has has been his whole career. Um, I'm surprised in this league that he, with all the keepers that everybody has, that he went so late. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I guess in, in in overall, I guess he was the, I mean that's a fourth round pick. I guess you know after the keepers because the first three rounds are are, are keepers. So, um, but I hear you. I I know what you're saying. Yeah. So I actually was going to pick him next. Mm, um, okay. 
and he got selected right before the right before in the same round of the the round I was going to pick him. So, okay, gotcha. Um, my biggest surprise in this was really just the fact that I was just I just kind of like became a blubbering rookie um, after my first couple picks. I just got sniped so many times right before I picked uh, from you. Um, the commissioner slick and, uh, another player, uh, that won the league last year, Brandon, just so many times where I had players lined up and they just got picked and I was just uh, frankly bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so it just, it just, I took me like so long and then I forgot about like keepers at different rounds that I had kept. And so that screwed up my strategy. Um, so the biggest surprise for me was how like a big, puddle that I became in terms of just like just not knowing what to do so I, w- I was frazzled the whole time and and uh kind of leaning into the whole um as you know and you'll bring this up I'm sure because you told me offline before we even got on the air what what you were doing during this draft is uh that my kids uh had come home from being out uh pretty much right around the same time of my third or fourth round picks and uh so that was a distraction this is what happens at stay-at-home dads and uh, and you know doing drafts. Uh, you just uh, you just gotta gotta say just give me one more minute. I just daddy needs to do this stupid draft. Um, <laughs> so, but you were pretty. You had your hands full too. Oh yeah, my jeez, uh, my my panic moment. Uh, so I was home. My in-laws were over. Uh, my my wife was out shopping, and. I had to go to the store to buy stuff. I was like, oh, let's have a barbecue. It's so nice out today. It was like 70 degrees. So I went yep. to the store, picked up some meat to put on the grill. I had to fill up the car with gas uh, for my wife before she went shopping. I got back. Uh, while I was out getting gas, I get a, a notification on my phone. Jose Ramirez carted off the field. Hit mm. The ball hits him in the knee. And I'm like, oh, my God. The draft is in 30 minutes, and my my keeper is going to be out for the season. Like, what? It just it made me so flustered. I didn't know what to think. Technically, in this league, it's in the bylaws. If one of your keepers gets injured before the draft, after you pick them, you're allowed to switch. So I'm like waiting by the phone. Are they going to announce his diagnosis? What's going on? And you know, right. So I was panicked. I didn't know what to do. Should I draft the third baseman first? Like. I don't know. So I was I was all over the place. I got back here like ten minutes before the draft started. I had to put the grill on. I had to make sure my daughter was eating lunch. My other daughter, the baby, was crawling around. Like I had to make sure the in law my my in laws knew what they were doing with the kids. <laughs> it was it was a disaster. I basically I drafted I think two picks on my computer. And the rest I did on the phone outside at the grill. While Grilling and taking care of kids. Yeah. So it, it was a mess. The, the thing about this draft that's funny is you forget when you have your keepers. 100%. So like you think you have two picks coming up and then you realize it goes to your name and you just get skipped. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, for, yeah. and three or four guys you have queued up to pick are all taken by the next time you draft. So you have to be right. you have to be aware of that, uh, and I was aware of that for my first pick because I had made a trade last season right before the playoff push for Carrasco and uh, what's the other guy's name? Matt Carpenter. I had traded yeah, basically yep. nobody. I, I traded draft picks for them, and one of them was my fifth round pick. And I didn't realize that that was twelve. That was going to be the twelfth pick overall. Yep. So I was like, well, crap. Uh, after I make this first pick, I'm not going to pick for like 30 picks. <laughs> uh, so uh... I so I, I reached a little bit to get the guy I wanted, which was Yasiel Puig. Uh, but but I, it, I was happy with it. Yeah, I, but it's understandable. And I, I mean, again, this is my only – this was just my first time going through it, and I 100% agree. I, it was a whirlwind. You don't think about that stuff. And there's just so many keepers everywhere um, – I think it's tough to kind of prep for that. And, and especially with the 60 seconds, I'll be honest, I'm usually the type of person that I'm fine with 60 second picks because I'm really prepared, but just because of the keepers and the different rounds of keepers, and then God forbid you make a trade with the different rounds, like 60 seconds is an awfully short amount of time. But 
hey, you just got to roll with it. Um, my panic moment, I'm not going to really belabor it, is really just the surprise moment, which was just being sniped so many times. I guess it really started, though. It really kind of uh, dominoed uh, at, right at round seven with Cano, uh, Robinson Cano, who I was, I'm pretty high on this year, um, you know, as a, as a bounce-back candidate. Um, he went, and basically my brain went to shit and, um, at that point, and that's when I just was a, <clears throat> excuse me just a mess through the through the most of the rest of the draft maybe kind of settled in there at the last like three to five picks which you know don't really have an enormous impact but um that was really my panic moment so do you think he's gonna be a bounce back player because he's 36 going on 37 or because he has lots of access to peds in new york um, there was a study out there, and I don't remember who out in the fantasy industry that they talked about players that were suspended for PEDs, and the year after they came back, they performed extraordinarily well. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, let's just say they're probably still on PEDs. So, anyways, what was your okay? Enough about the horrible panic moments. In, favorite pick, in, baby. Favorite, your favorite pick, pick. My favorite pick, and. <laughs> This is it's funny because it was your favorite pick in SOL was Josh Hader. Yeah. I picked him in this league because it saves plus holds. I love uh, that so much better, by the way. I love that so much better. Go ahead. I picked him uh in the seventh round, sixty second overall. I think he went before all of the elite closers. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pissed. I, I want this guy in this in this particular league. I had him last year. Yep. And the fact that they count holds, like, and he, you know, gets, jeez, he probably he may get more strikeouts than like thirty percent of starting pitchers this season. He is a beast. He is a monster in this league. He pitches in high leverage situations all the time. Right now, Milwaukee needs is uh, him in those uh, in those high. Uh, uh, leverage situations um, just because they have two relievers that are already down. So it was a great pick. Uh, I can vouch for that because I wanted him and you took him and I was pissed. So um, there was another slight moment by uh, cousin Timmy and cousin Troy here. So um, uh, my favorite pick, I'll be honest on my end, uh, we're really just my first two picks because then after that I really got screwed up. Um, so I loved my Carrasco pick. I am super high on him this year. Um, I subscribe to a lot of different uh, sites for advice, um, and uh, and I they are a lot of folks are high on him. So um, I'm predicting actually that he probably will definitely finish top three in the Cy Young voting in the AL this year. So I was super happy about that. I'm super happy about my Justin Turner pick. I know he's old. I know he gets hurt, but he's a he's got power. He's got um, plus plus batting average, and um, so I was happy with those two. Um, happy with those two. Yeah, I was also a little bit pumped. I uh, I grabbed Didi Degorius. He's not going to play until the All Star break. Uh, but when he played last year, he was you know probably a top fifty player for most of the yep. season. Uh, but sure. in, in this league, we have the DL. I think there's four or five DL spots. So I drafted him late, like twenty fifth round. I can keep him next year in the twenty third round, which is mm. a steal. Uh, good stri- good strategy. And so I can just stash him now on the DL, pick up somebody else, and then when he comes back, I can throw him right in. So I'm I'm uh, a little bit psyched about that pick as well. No, I totally agree with you. I did see that as well at the, as your last pick. I think that's a great that's a great move and it's a great idea to kind of stash him uh, in the DL. Uh had a monster year last year uh up until he uh, got hurt. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, nicely done. What do you think? This what? league, I, I, I'm afraid <laughs> to ask you. I'm afraid to even ask you. Oh, t- Timmy, where where do you think you'll finish in this baseball fantasy league? Well, I think I think my keepers overall were uh, probably top three strongest in the league. Um, and, you know, last year I finished in second. Yep. Uh I think I will finish in the top three again in this league. Um, but as far as winning the championship, I don't know. It's head-to-head. It's so screwy, and the playoffs are so different. Um, yeah. I, uh, actually, actually, you know what? I think I finished first overall in the regular season last year. Okay. I yeah, don't remember. Obviously, it wasn't in um, it, so – 
and then I, I ended up losing in the in the championship, so I I got second there. But it's uh, you never know with head to head in a playoff matchup. Um, you just got to get lucky, really. Uh, don't disagree with that. I wasn't a big fan, real quickly, on on uh, on this league being head to head. But because it's just not a format I play and I and I just don't like that aspect of like someone could, you know, that that has a crappier team, not really crappier, but just players that may be a little bit subpar. I will say real quick in terms of my prediction, I actually predict that I am going to finish first in this league. So I'm saying it right now with confidence. I'm going to bully my way to first place this in, in my inaugural uh, managerial season of the show. Um, I like my team. I specifically chose it. Not for a rotisserie standpoint, but I went with players that all had the common skill set of power and average and OBP. And uh, I plan on not winning stolen bases at all because I did not draft draft any speed. Uh, But I drafted power and average and I am going to uh, dominate in the hitting every week. I will I will I will win those categories, my friend. So well, not unless uh, Mondesi hits 40 home runs. Well, maybe. So now that we have our predictions for how we're going to finish in the show, why don't we sort of wrap up this uh, fantasy baseball podcast with a couple of like overall projections? Uh, We already know Timmy's going to win every league that he's ever that he's ever been in. Uh, So um, why don't we talk about prediction for you on best player? Like who's going to who's who's going to from a fantasy standpoint, who's going to be the best player this year? Do you think like who is your guy? best player overall yeah like i mean i'm not talking about like a mike trout but i'm talking more of like like who are you super high on this year oh, okay um, that's gonna be you know like a like a like a up candidate a favorite sure uh i would have to say Puig. i took him in both leagues uh he's playing in a new ballpark he's gonna play every day this guy had a lot of hype coming into the league he you know battled injuries didn't do as great as people thought he would in la um mm-hmm. but I like Puig. I think he's going to finish in the top 10 uh, for hitters uh, in the final rankings of the season. Um, and what about pitchers? What about, do you have a pitcher? Uh, pitcher, I like, um, I like German Marquez. I, uh, I think he will, will hover in the top 15. Um, I think, but I think he's going to win me a title. I think he can get 16 wins and 250 strikeouts. Ooh, a lot of confidence in uh, in an amazing season that uh, Herman Marquez had last year in Colorado. But I am just weary. I am weary of Colorado uh, pitchers pitching in Coors Field. Uh, real good. Yeah, I, just, I want to give a, a quick shout out to our number one fan. He listens to every podcast as soon as we post it. Uh, okay. He was my my roommate in college. He, he lives out in Germany. Um, he has spread the word of the podcast to all of his friends out there. We've had over I think twenty listeners in uh, out there in Germany area, um, which is <laughs> which is awesome. My my friend uh, KY, he grew up in a town called Fort Thomas, Kentucky. He used to slur his words in college with a southern accent. Uh, hilarious guy. He loves loves to bet, loves to gamble. And he wanted me uh, to give him a shout-out on the podcast. His prediction was that Puig was going to hit over 30 home runs. He grew up in Kentucky right over the river, uh, went mm-hmm. to school in Cincinnati. So he was a huge Cincinnati Reds fan, uh, Bengals, all that stuff. Poor guy because nice. they've been horrible for years. but. Um, he loves to gamble. We used to bet all the time in college on stuff. Uh, and his prediction was Puig would hit 30 plus home runs. Um, so shout out to KY. Thanks for listening. Uh, keep passing the good word. Thank you, KY. Uh, shout out. You can, uh, let me know how I'm doing in this one. I don't feel like I'm doing that great at hosting this show, but whatever. We can always make a change. You can always make a substitution there if you need to, Tim. So who are your, uh, who's your prediction here? Well, I do like your your Puig prediction, um, but I'm going to go with uh, for I have two hitters. Um, I, I think Giancarlo Stanton I think is going to have a monster year. I don't I think his year last year was perfectly fine. I think everyone expected him to hit 60 homers, and I'm not even predicting him to hit 60 homers this year. But I do think he's going to hit between 45, closer to 50 home runs, and I think his uh, average will be a little higher. 
He's, I think he's just going to pound the crap out of the ball this year. Another hitter that I'm real quick that I'm high on is Anthony Rendon. I think he's going to be a monster this year. I wasn't able to get him in either uh, SOL or the show. I did get him in two other uh, fantasy leagues that I'm in, but I'm expecting some huge production from him in the middle of that Nats lineup, regardless of the fact that Bryce Harper is no longer there. And for pitchers, I think I've already mentioned this before, Carlos Carrasco um, and Garrett Cole. I am high on Cole as well, but Carrasco, I think, wins the Cy Young. Um, that's my bold prediction. Not that bold, but um, a lot of other folks are saying it, but I'm super high on him. So Okay, um, well, let me ask you this. You said 45 to 50. I get, you got to be more specific. Yes. Does he hit 50 home runs, yes or no, Stanton? Yeah. Oh, if I'm going to make a bold prediction, absolutely. That's the ceiling. 50 home runs in Yankee Stadium, absolutely. Right. Last year, I think he hit 43, so he's going to hit 50. That's more our runs, RBIs, um, better average. I think uh, he's going to be a monster this year. So with that, I think we did it, man. I think uh, we were in a little bit of a time, uh, time crunch uh, this yeah, evening. So. I have a uh, old man league basketball game I got to run to. So we're going to let Cousin Timmy run to that. Um, uh, wait, for before, cousin... Hold on. Before you say, before you say bye, I say one more shout What's out. Uh, all these friends, all these listeners we have. I'm one, like so unaware of this. One more shout out. He's become a sponsor of the show. Uh, Who's this? I want to say thanks to Cousin Nick. He donated yes. a brand new pair of Sony headphones that I'm using right now to record this podcast. Uh, they are extremely loud, comfortable. Uh, I love them. First time I've used it, uh, I real I feel like I'm talking extremely loud. I'm going to go upstairs, and my wife's going to say, you've been really loud down there because I can't, <laughs> I can't hear myself talk because they are noise-canceling. Um, so thanks, Cousin Nick. Any other Thank cousins, you, cousins Nick. want to donate to the show, let us know. We'll be happy to take it. Very cool. Very cool. And for all the other people uh, out there, all the other listeners and hopefully new listeners, thanks for listening. This has been episode six of My Cousin Timmy. We're not always going to talk fantasy baseball. It's just because we're we're just finishing up our, our drafts, and so we just kind of wanted to talk about that stuff. Uh, we will move on to other subjects. Thank you for listening to this week. For Cousin Timmy, I'm your host, Cousin Troy, and we'll see you next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Kalinikta means good night. <laughs>